whoa there. Before you start talking publicly about that person, you need to go talk to them first because, you know, that's just the right thing to do. That's what the Bible says to do. So, you know, that that Mormon missionary, you need to you need to talk to him first. Wait, is that actually what the Bible says? Welcome to the Wikipedia Podcast. The Wikipedia Podcast is a project of enemies within the church. You can go to, oh, actually, we're not going to say you can go to enemieswithinthechurch.com, though you certainly can. We want you to go to EWTC News. That's Enemies Within the Church News. EWTCnews.com. That is our brand new website that hosts both content for Enemies Within the Church as well as Wikipedia. There's also a button, button. I don't know what a button is. Uh, is that a button for botanists? But a button up in the top right hand that says buy the documentary. You can go there if you want to get the documentary Enemies Within the Church. You can learn more about how wokeness has crept into the church in the United States. But what are we going to be talking about today on the Wikipedia podcast? We're going to be talking about, well, another How the Woke Manipulate episode. Because of just the way that multiple different things have lined up, it's actually been a little while. I think almost two months since we did our last <laughs> supposedly monthly episode. But we're getting a little bit back on track now that things are calming down. The website is getting to roll a little bit. Uh, but we're launching into another How the Woke Manipulate episode, and this time it is, as you might have already seen in the title, Have You Talked to the Person First? This is quite the quite the edged attack, or quite the edged defense. It's not truly a defense because it has a bite to it, and we'll talk about what's going on with that, and we'll try and get to the details of things to to show kind of what's going on and how there are honest versions of this, there are dishonest versions of this, there are all sorts of different things. That's what we want to talk about because manipulation doesn't take place in the obvious. It, well, not usually. It takes place in the less obvious spaces where you're more vulnerable because it's more complex. But as we get into it, we want to make sure, again, that you go to our new website, ewtcnews.com. You can also follow us here on YouTube, on Rumble, on Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you're listening to the podcast on. We really do encourage you to do that. It does help get this material out. But the biggest thing we would encourage you to do is to share it. If you know someone that this would be helpful for them to hear, share it with them. That's why we make these resources, not just to broadcast them out there. Ah, share, 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 like, 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 subscribe, subscribe. No, no, no. We want you to share them with the people that need to hear it. If you know people that need to hear it, share it with them. If you want to support us, then yeah, do follow it. Like the the like or rate, whatever it is on the platform you're, you're consuming this content on. Uh, but again, we want to earn that. We don't just want shallow... Uh, interactions. We want to build good interactions. And we do get really good interactions. I love the conversations that I've been able to have from this, both on the podcast as well as from listeners. Uh, we have <laughs> we have some great listeners. We really do. We have listeners, great listeners that I feel like I've gotten to know without even knowing them. You know, basic analytics, there's 
at least one person that consistently listens to us in the Netherlands, you know, hello, uh, Netherlands listener. Uh, and I, I really, I really like that. I really appreciate that we're getting the content out that it is being received. But before we get into the meat of today, we're going to look at just a couple articles from the website. Again, we still want to be pushing that right now because it is a new resource. We want to make sure that you've heard about it. But there's another reason because it's actually going to feed right into today's main content, the how the work manipulate part. But let, let's look at it just a couple. So you get a, a little bit of a taste of what goes on over at EWTC News. And yes, for that one commenter, I am trying to make sure I enunciate a little bit more. Uh, I do have a tendency to say it really quick because I am used to saying it. But over here on EWTC News, uh, the first article I want to highlight... <laughs> Pope suggests blessing gay unions. Yes. No, it's not necessarily extremely immediately relevant for us to know about what's going on in the Catholic Church because that's a, whatever category you want to put it into, a different sect, a different religion, a different, whatever you want to put it into, uh, that is something different. So why is it relevant to us? Well, it's because of the influence that he has. He's influencing somewhere around a billion people. Some numbers put that higher, some numbers put that lower. It's a lot of cultural people, but they're still influenced by him. He still has an audience that's potentially that large. It is important to know. Uh, so because they're getting hammered by society at the same time, then now they're getting hammered by their pope. That just makes it more important for us to stand for the truth here in the church right now because the world in every corner is going rapidly in this direction of accepting all sorts of errors. We need to stand firm. This is why we do Wikipedia. This is why we do Enemies in the Church. This is why we have EWTCnews.com because we want to highlight these things. Now, uh, if you read this article, and for the, the audio listeners, I'm not forgetting you. Yes, I'm sharing my screen, but I'm not forgetting you. Uh, I do encourage you to go read this. Uh, recommend a little video from Revealing Truth, who, because he did a good job of quickly hashing out uh, this story, we don't need to retread that. So just put out a little news alert to bring that to your attention, make a couple comments, and then just re recommend Revealing Truth's video on the topic. Great little channel little channel. I say that as he's significantly larger than us. Um, but the next one I want to look at is <laughs> uh, this article. Uh, Jordan Jordan did a great job picking up on this and then doing a little article on it. But Sojourners, a very progressive Christian, Christian magazine, Sojourner article portrays God as a black woman. There's no fancy trick behind that. They just It's just it is what it says. <laughs> but yeah, they do indeed. Uh, they tweeted out this article uh, a, praising a book called God is a Black Woman. And it, it's, again, it's not some sort of like trick or play. It, it's straight up preaching a mother God who is a black woman. 
I, I mean, excerpts include God is our loving mother. You are made in her image. Uh, God calls you beloved. She's making all things new. It, even more as a black mother, she knows the pain of stolen children too. She knows the pain of children stolen by mass incarceration, the war on drugs, systemic poverty, ableism, and other forms of violence. As someone who has endured the pain of personal loss and family loss and sacred black feminine emphasis emphasizes with our pain and stands with us. I mean, this is just insane. Now, yeah, you go, oh, oh, well, yeah, of course. A radically progressive uh, publication is going to put, put out nonsense. But it, if you look at the kind of things that they would talk about 10, 15 years ago, maybe you maybe go back 20, because uh, they were on a little bit more of the further edge of the spectrum. It's stuff that's popular in evangelical circles now, that the, the woke and evangelicalism are pushing now. It gives you a hint at where things are going, but it also helps you recognize just how much of this nonsense has leaked into the evangelical church in the United States. That's one of the reasons that we need to call out the infiltration of it to cut it off before it gets to this point, before it gets to the point where they're um, calling God a a the, the sacred black feminine and calling ableism a form of violence. My goodness, this is this is quite the thing. But the last article I want to look at quick, and this is a, just a news news alert, uh, which our news alerts are just our short little, hey, here's a quick thing. We want you to know about this, uh, but we're not going to give you all the details. Now, some of those news alerts will eventually become full-on news articles, uh, but not every single one. It's just so we can get that information out quickly. Now, this, this one's entitled, Sam Alberry thinks expressing a biblical view of sexuality is mean. Now, the, the context of this is Pastor Jared Moore, uh, who's been getting a lot of attention for his, his book that's coming out. Um, oh, I always forget the exact title. The Lust of the Flesh, uh, Thinking Biblically About Sexual Orientation, Attraction, and Temptation, where he's really trying to dive into the details of um, what is the actual sinful component. Because the whole same-sex attracted movement, the idea that you can be same-sex attracted, but that's different than being gay, and, but you don't, it's a fixed position, it's a fixed orientation, and cannot be changed outside of a miraculous event aka the only time that someone with same-sex attraction can be in a successful biblical marriage is if God miraculously changes them. And that's the the rarity, hence being miraculous. Um, but it's just putting people in bondage. And we have not read the book, we have not reviewed the book, so we're not endorsing the book in that sort of sense. I personally am excited to look at the book, to read the book, to see how good it is. I've liked some of the things that I've seen from uh, Pastor Pastor Moore. Uh, I've 
thought it's been good content that I've seen. And so I, I am very curious to see if that follows through in the book as well. Uh, he tweeted out a thread going analyzing a talk that Sam did in 2014 on the campus of the University of Idaho uh, in Idaho. Go figure. And Sam, well, kind of the key thing that he honed in on was this quote, uh, I would love to be opposite sex attracted rather than same sex attracted. I would love to be a husband to a wife. I'd love to be a father to a child. I love family. I'd love to have kids. And then he goes on to say, basically he says, oh, but I'm, I'm same sex attracted. So I can't have any of those things. So I'm pursuing the greater relationship, which is with Christ. And that kind of sounds nice, but you just said, I desire the things that Christ has for me as a man. I desire these things. I'm not like Paul who didn't have these desires, who was gifted to be single for this purpose of ministry. No, he says, I have these desires. My body, <laughs> which is funny because it destroys his whole same-sex attraction argument because he's saying my my body desires to have a marriage relationship, to have a family, to have children in a way that cannot be replicated through other means. I desire that relationship specifically. I have the calling that God has put on the vast majority of men and women, the standard uh, orientation of things. And by their orientation, all I mean is we are orientated towards a specific purpose, and that is marriage and family. The only times we're not is when God, again, has specifically called and gifted someone to pursue singleness for the purpose of ministry and to not burn with passion, aka not to desire that relationship. So it's so bizarre to say, I have that, but I'm going to pursue Christ instead. Well, you have to dodge around what Christ has said in order to pursue Christ? It's nonsense. And, and I say that not to just say, oh, Sam, you're, you're a bad person, blah, blah, blah. And neither did Pastor Moore. He did a phenomenal job. I mean, you go read this article. It links to the, the tweets. It links to all the information. Go read it. And you'll see that Pastor Moore did a very good job of being respectful. Surprisingly so. He can be pretty blunt and straightforward with many of the things I've seen him say in regards to um, the whole sexuality issue. And he was very respectful to Sam. He was forthright. And that really comes down to what it seems that Sam had an issue with. Now, again, Sam took an issue with what Jared had said. And he zoned in on the fact that, that Jared described him as lonely. Now, look at the, 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 the quote I read of Sam. I would love to be opposite sex attracted rather than same sex attracted. I would love to be a husband to a wife. I would love to be a father to a child. I love family. I'd love to have kids. That is not a satisfied person saying, I desire these things. I have a longing for these things. I have a longing for these relationships. 
And when you do not, when you have a longing for a relationship that is unfulfilled, that is called loneliness. So just because he described the situation rather than using the word does not mean that the word doesn't apply. Um, now, this can sound a little bit harsh, but it is very true. It's very similar to what Muslims do when they say, oh, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. And their their argument comes down to, he, well, he never said the words, I am God, specifically those three words, because he did say it bluntly. Uh, he just didn't say those three words. And that's kind of seems to be what Sam is doing. He's playing a little bit of semantic games. And so he hammers more on this point, which is important because if he's lonely, that completely destroys his ministry. Because his ministry is, is saying, if you're same-sex attracted, you must be single. And if he's if what he's saying is, oh, well, and it's going to be this really lonely, unfulfilled life. Well, that's a problem. That's going to, you know, no one's going to want to accept that. Very few people are. And the vast majority of people that try that are going to become dissatisfied and go off into nonsense, which unfortunately is what happens. But without getting too distracted, uh, Pastor Moore, again, it, Sam, Sam responded. He tried to dismantle his argument, but it really came down to what we've talked about on a previous How the Book Manipulate episode, poke holism, which is just a... <laughs> A, a fun way of, of talking about the idea of if you can poke a hole in it, you destroy the entire argument. But that's not how an argument works. Pastor Moore's uh, argument would, did not hinge on the word lonely. But again, it was also just semantic word games. It really seems to come down to the disagreement over definitions of sexuality. Is it a fixed orientation, or is it something that you can surrender to Christ? Biblically speaking, it's something you can surrender to Christ. You have freedom in Christ. If you are desiring uh, to fulfill a intimate relationship, if you're desiring family, then you're not called to be single. And you're putting a burden on yourself that's only going to crush you. Paul warns about this. I, the other thing I want to note is I, I put a little note at the bottom author's note. Uh, I've read multiple things from Sam. I've listened to talks he's given um, both before I went, oh, this guy's kind of off base and afterwards because I want to look into what people are being told. And I, I was under the impression that he was open about being lonely. Like, I always got that from what he would say. He would always talk about these longings, these desires that are unfulfilled. So I, if Sam disagrees on that point, then I would argue that it's bad communication on Sam's part. Now, as I said, this links into what we're talking about today with, with the, um, the idea of, did you talk to them first? Did you talk to them first? Because it's such a common defense of calling out false teaching, calling out uh, nonsense, calling out issues on public teaching, 
of, well, did you talk to them first? And in this situation, I have emailed Sam to the best email I could get, uh, just the contact uh, form on his website. Uh, I don't have his direct email, but I contact him that way. I also, I contacted, I not just Sam, but I actually contacted Jared as well, Pastor Moore, and we talked a little bit. And then I also invited both of them to come on to this podcast. Now that invitation stands. You don't have to be someone we agree with to bring you on here. And no matter how vehemently we may disagree with you, you'll be respected. You'll get a chance to say your piece. Now, if you think respect means that we have to agree with you, if you think respect means that there will not be significant pushback, then you're sorely mistaken because that's not where respect is. Respect is not the same as agreement. Respect is something completely different. So you'll be respected, you, but you will be challenged. Now, with Sam, it would be facilitating a discussion between the two, and I'd be very curious to see that and to allow them to actually communicate um, because something that's not in the article here is because I found just from uh, you can figure out if someone has blocked someone else pretty darn easily on Twitter and Sam has blocked um, Pastor Moore. So that adds another little layer of to it. Uh, and this <laughs> apparently it looks like this was before before uh, this incident. So it, it's all just a little bit funny. But so I, I, frankly, I have, and I haven't heard back from Sam on on either, either email or um, on, on Twitter. I tried, I really did try. And that's kind of the, the one of the things to note about the whole, did you talk to them first? It's very, very rare that any of these people have respond. I mean, for goodness sake, another article that, that we did, I reached out to, well, we didn't even do the full article. We just did a news alert, just like this one. I reached out to the person. In this case, it was J.D. Greer. Never heard back. Yeah. I, we're giving these people a chance and they're not responding. Now, we don't think there's going to be any agreement. We don't think there's going to be anything that changes, but we're going to give them a chance to, to say their piece. And part of it is, I do believe that if they're generally in the wrong, as we as we say, that what they the statement they give will be condemning, not, uh, it, it won't uh, alleviate concerns. But, what is the, the heart of the whole idea of, oh, well, did you talk to them first? Before you started talking about this publicly, did you talk with them first? The heart of it, at least as on the surface, what the people are appealing to when they say that. Then we'll start peeling back the layers and see that there's a couple different things going on and different people. But is an appeal to Matthew 18. And they will often say that that openly. Well, Matthew 18, did you talk to them first? So let me go ahead and read the relevant passage. Matthew 18, 15 through 17. 
Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. That's where they're, did you talk to them first? You talked to him privately first. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. So, okay, well, yeah, doesn't that mean that I need to go talk to them first? And why is this, what I consider this a manipulation tactic that uh, woke people or woke defenders use? Well, let's look at the context of this. First, um, verse 17, but if he refuses even to hear the church, It's in the context, in this, in this context, tell it to the church, refuse to hear even the church. You can't gather and bring it before the entire universal church. Um, the context is a local church. So that's the first thing, is we're talking about local churches. Once it gets to the third stage, the stage of bringing it before the church, we're talking about local churches. So that's one key thing here. And from there, you, you can get that the it's local churches that facilitate church discipline. Now, does that mean that the first step is now suddenly doesn't matter if it's someone um, somewhere else that's not in your immediate local congregation? Well, not necessarily, but let's look further. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Well, what is something critical about that verse? If your brother, what, sins against you? The primary purpose of Matthew 18 is interpersonal sin issues within the church. Well, so Kyle, are you saying that a someone who's living in, like, uh, put it this way. You find out that someone is in an adulterous relationship in the church. Is he sinning against you? So, well, he's not sinning against you, so you can't, uh, you can't initiate this process of church discipline. Well, one, all you have to do is read 1 Corinthians, and Paul goes over a sinful man in Corinthians and in the Corinthian church, and it doesn't fit that category. Yet Paul still says to go through this process and kick him out. In fact, he he jumps to the end and he says, hey, this is already known by the church. It's public knowledge. So it's already at step three. And he's not changing. You need to kick him out. The other thing is in something like an adulterous relationship, there is someone directly being sinned against. Just because, and it's not like a, well, it doesn't matter if the person doesn't want to push charges type of thing when it comes to like police and stuff like that, criminal uh, situations. No. It is sin. You need to call it out. In, Again, with the whole sinful Corinthian brother thing. 
as the knowledge increases, it kind of escalates the steps naturally. If it skips to the point where, like if someone walked into the middle of the church and loudly shouted, I am committing adultery and I am okay with that. You wouldn't have to then every single member of the church come privately to that person and go, hey, um, so that's what you're saying, what you said there, that's sinful and you need to stop. No, it's already now knowledge by the church. He escalated it to stage three. So that's, again, another thing about it. The public nature of it matters. And again, this is primarily about interpersonal relationships. It's not primarily about false teaching. Now, is there important information here in regards to church discipline that can be carried over to uh, how we deal with false teaching? Oh yeah, 100%. There is wisdom. All of God's word contains wisdom. And you cannot segment it down into individual tiny pieces that don't interact with each other. Because there is definitely wisdom here. If there wasn't wisdom here, I wouldn't go to Sam. I wouldn't go to J.D. Greer. I wouldn't do what I did in my situation that earned me, uh, depending on who you ask, uh, a little bit of notoriety or maybe infamy, um, which is when I called out the North American Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention for the false gospel that they were preaching. And I contacted multiple people privately. I contacted the head of planting, Toddy Lewis. Uh, and I, he was someone that was willing to talk with me. And I did bring it to the point where I directly called him out and uh, called him to repent of what he was doing. It was all relatively mild because I was really hoping it wasn't true. Um, but I did do that. Now, part of that, because I was in the process of researching, but the other part of it was I wanted to do this first. Again, there was, there was a degree of wisdom. I went, okay, I should call him out. I should call this, the, the, I should call everything out before I go full on public. Does that mean it would be sinful for me to point out the teachings without going to him first? No, but there was a wisdom there for multiple different reasons. One, as a cover, so no one could say, well, did you go to him first? Now, the irony, and this is where it's going to transfer over to talking about some of the, you know, parsing out kind of what's going on and why there's a manipulation here. But the, the irony is that people got upset with how I did things because I released the emails that I had with Dahadi. And some people were upset about that. Oh, those, those that's, that's private emails. I, one, as far as I understand, that that's not how that works. Like it's not, it's not private in that way. It, and two, it's a defense of him actually. When I put that out there, you can now check me and see if I'm being honest. I've had people read the emails and disagree. The majority of people read them and do agree. 
and because they look at all the other information too. But I've had people go and they've been able to use that to check my honesty. It defends him. I defended him by sharing his words. Now, it's the defense of honesty. I It keeps me honest in this situation. But again, people went flip to the other side and went, oh, wow. <laughs> it's almost wrong that you went to him first. It, it shows a mindset. It shows that there's something else going on besides an honest desire to understand if you talk to them first. Now, as time has gone on, I went from the majority of the time thinking that that is an honest question to the majority of time thinking that that is a dishonest question, even if the person doesn't necessarily mean it intentionally dishonestly. There are people, I will say this right off the bat, there are people that are generally curious. There are people that don't think it's a hard and fast rule that you have to, but will still ask, did you talk to them first? Because they're curious. There are other people that think that, oh, well, public false teaching that is known by the entirety of the church, you need to still talk to them privately. There are people that think that and will ask honestly, like, hey, did you do this? And I can talk with those people. And we can talk about why I did what I did in calling X or Y person out, calling their teaching out, calling what they're doing out. But there are the, what I'd say, the majority of people that fall into the camp of dishonest with that. Again, for different different ways, different reasons. But let's get a little bit of a ground uh, to stand on when it comes to, is it okay to call someone out publicly? by name, uh, for public teaching. Uh, let's read a few different passages, and hopefully we can paint a little bit of a picture. 1 Timothy 1, 19-20 says, Having faith and a good conscience, with some having rejected, uh, which some have... I'm just going to read that again. Having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. So right there, we see someone that's blatantly willing to call some someone out by name, two people out by name. Now you could say, oh, well, he could have done church discipline. He could have done this process beforehand. There's no way for us to know that. And when the Bible doesn't say something, what does that mean about it? It means that's unimportant to the message that's being conveyed. So what it's saying here is it's unimportant to make it clear if Paul went through a process with them or not. I mean, an example we can see someone not going through the process is Jesus himself multiple occasions, but I think the most the most relevant one is Peter. When he rebukes Peter, he doesn't pull him aside and go, hey, Petey boy, um, so what you said there, um, you know, I, I need to make sure you don't say something like that, because I was actually sinful, um, because I really do need to go and die on the cross. No, he said, get behind me, Satan. Now, I can tell you one thing for certain. That is a spicier comment than anything I've ever said about any person 
publicly. I should probably clarify that because broad things can sometimes be too broad. In the context of <laughs> saved Kyle, in the context of grown-up, matured Kyle, in the context of calling people out for this ministry. I said, um, I can guarantee I've said in my adult life spicy things about Hitler and Stalin uh, and many other horrifying people. But I'm talking about in the context that we're, we're discussing of calling out false teaching. But let, let's read just a couple more to, again, put some further legs on this. Um, Romans 16, 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which uh, ye have learned, and avoid them. Mark them, those that cause division and offenses contrary we're talking about a different process than simply church discipline. There's something else going on. Hey, they're publicly teaching falsehoods. You can call them out for it. There are many, you know, there are many times when um, Jesus calls people out in general terms. Uh, God calls and warns about false teaching in general terms. But there are also many times when it's it's not general. It's, hey, I'm going to call someone out by name. I'm going to call a someone who claims to be a Christian out by name or as a group. You go, oh, well, he didn't call him out by name. It's like saying that this church is a false church. He called out a group. Think about the, the Judaizers, the uh, group of Jews that were trying to add back Old Testament requirements um, onto Gentiles that were being saved. It, it was wrong, and Paul very vigorously taught against it. So I, I hope that at least gives enough foundation for this conversation to continue uh, to justify that, yes, we can call out public false teaching in public. And yes, there are times when it is wise to go to the person and talk to them. Sometimes it's wise to go to them beforehand. Sometimes it's wise to go to them afterwards. As an example, there have been more than one time where I've seen people, and I, I've actually been involved in situations where you're so quick to... Um, to do something about a error that you see, whether it's in private or public, that they then are able to easily deny, deflect, um, and discredit. Uh, they're able to easily mount a defense to cover up, to delete everything, to hide things, to provide an explanation that persuades people. Sometimes you need to take your time, collect information, and make it the whole thing public so that they cannot run and hide. There are other times. So there's times when you need, you're going to need to talk to the person later. Hey, now that we've got this out there because you were, you've proven yourself untrustworthy. Now I'm going to talk to you and hopefully we can get a conversation going. 
There are other times when it is it is going to be wise to go to the person beforehand. This is a wisdom issue about how to deal with false teaching in the way that's going to best let the church understand what's going on. But the idea that, oh, well, did you talk to them first? What about, the, the again, the disingenuous group that I'm talking about? Well, obviously, there's the extreme end, the people that are being openly and obviously disingenuous, that are blatantly using a manipulation tactic. And this goes for both defenders and uh, false teachers themselves, the, the woke people that are sometimes will say, oh, well, I wish you would, I wish you would talk to me first. I wish you would talk to me first. I would have been happy to talk to you. Well, I can tell you something that 99% of the time, I shouldn't say 99% of the time, but the majority of the time when someone says that, it's a lie. Frankly, it goes for no matter what side you're on, it's a lie. And sometimes it's not a lie of intent. Sometimes it's sometimes sometimes someone thinks that they would. After the fact, they go, oh, I would have. And they think that honestly. But then when they are asked beforehand, they don't. They're not willing to go and talk with the person. It's... Everyone thinks that they would be. Everyone thinks that they'd be willing to talk to someone. It's different when you are actually asked and someone says, hey, here's this thing. I disagree with you. Um, I'd like to talk to you about it. Sometimes the offense kicks in. You just go, disagree with me on that. No, no, I don't. I don't have time for this. But again, there are all those times when they're just completely lying. And you test them on it. And there's always an excuse of why they can't talk. Okay, well, are you, you say that. Are you willing to talk now? Oh, no, because you, you've, you've already done this, this horrible thing. Wait, but I thought the whole concept was that we need to talk to people privately when we think that there's sin. And what you're saying is that I've sinned against you. So by your logic, you need to talk to me first before making a public fuss about this. You see how they're, they're not following their own rules. They're not following their own rules. Again, that, that shows the manipulation tactic. And that's where you can see that, that people are not always being genuine when they say, oh, well, I would, even if they don't realize it, when they say that, oh, I, well, why didn't you talk to me first? I would have talked to you. Because if they honestly mean that, then they would. They would take it privately from that point and then have a conversation. Um, but they'll they'll often go, oh, no, because you did that, now I'm free to talk. Ugh. So there's that obvious thing. And again, the defenders do the same thing. They know that it wouldn't change anything. And they just, they're using that to discredit. And that's where I started to more and more shift from, oh, I think the majority of times people are saying this honestly to actually, I think it's the opposite. I think it's the opposite. Is because, because of that, because they'll go, oh, well, it, it, oh, did you, did you talk to them? Did you talk to them first? Because, oh, you didn't? Oh, there you go. I don't have to listen to anything you said. 
Well, whether I did it right or not doesn't change the information. And functionally, that's what you're saying. You're saying the information that's being provided is validated. The truth is validated by the messenger, not by the content. Now, there are times where there's people that I really disagree with and I see something going around and I read it and I go, man, I disagree with this person, but that is very true what they said. It's it's also just a, a, a poisonous thing that gets into us that we all have a problem with because we, we turn everyone into celebrities and heroes. The woke do this massively, but it's not just the woke. And it's why certain figures are so hard to criticize because, well, one, there's, there's two things. One, it's, hey, this person is on the woke side of things. Oh, yeah, but look at all these good things they said. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I don't care about the good things they said. Here's the the problematic things they've said and done. Oh, no, 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 no. Look at the good things. But we've got to look at the truth. And again, there, there's there's another side to that where, um, anyway, anyway, I'm getting I'm getting slightly off track because there are, are lots of the aspects to this. Let's get back to the main point. And again, the main point is, well, the last thing I really want to kind of of dive into on that is the people that are in the disingenuous side of things, but are not the openly malicious. And these are the people that are unwittingly um, making excuses for false teaching, that are unwittingly um, advancing it. They're partnering with it and they don't realize. But their, their question is disingenuous. And this goes to the same idea as the, you know, a woke person saying, oh, well, why didn't you talk to me first? that would not have talked to you before the situation, but they think they would have. It's the exact same thing, just from a defender's standpoint, of a defender doing it. And so the situation is, you have someone come up to you and say, why, why didn't you talk to them first? You know, you're supposed to talk to people uh, before you criticize them. That's just, you know, that's what Matthew 18 is about. And we've already established that that's not exactly a correct representation of Matthew 18. And that's also, um, you know, we're talking about public teaching, talking about public false teaching. So it's, it is allowed to, to talk about it. And this is the more nuanced one. Because this is the person that does that. And it's a disingenuous representation of it. And this is something that we got to watch in ourselves. I know I've done things like this. I don't think necessarily on the, well, have you talked to them first? But I've unintentionally took a disingenuous stance because it really comes down to the, it really comes down to the, well, it comes down to a couple different things. It comes down to maybe I like the person. So I'm offended that you would come against them. 
and I'm grasping onto something that I think is legitimate. I intellectually think it's legitimate, but I emotionally am using it as a weapon. I'm not asking the question because it would truly solve my, my issue. I'm asking the question because I am emotionally reacting to it, yet I have a logical reason for why I could ask this question. It's self-deception. Uh, there are other times that people do legitimately believe, oh, well, I, you're, you're supposed to talk to them. Uh, so why didn't you do this? And they, again, they honestly think that, okay, honestly, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you talk to them privately first? And why it becomes disingenuous is because they'll then, they'll see other people ask the same thing and they'll side with that person, even if that person is being openly malicious. Um, they will, you know, the, the offended party can latch onto that. They start to cause a split, cause a division. They start to make things binary, and then, and thus, they become a bigger and bigger defender unwittingly, even though they think that they were holding a legitimate position. What is the problem there? The problem is there is they asked the question without considering truth first. They asked the question thinking it was a completely legitimate question, but then didn't do the right step of investigating the situation to understand what was going on. It's self-manipulation. Now, the, the problematic thing is that that personal gaslighting, that personal manipulation leaks out to others. So if you, that's one thing you got to watch out for yourself in a situation is, Am I seeking truth? Even if I think the person did it wrong, am I seeking truth? And am I just reacting and getting caught up in the factionalization of the situation? Now, there are can very easily be a right and a wrong side, and sometimes there is only one or the other side. Sometimes there are multiple sides. Sometimes there are two sides, but both are problematic. There can be other situations. Don't get lost in the weeds. The question is, am I standing on the truth? Am I running it through God's word? Am I willing to hear challenges? If someone, if I legitimately think that, oh, hey, they need to talk to them first, but I come to the person and go, and when they explain why they didn't go to them first, I go, nope, I'm not going to listen to what you said. You didn't talk to them first. It's the, the problem of digging in your heels. When you start from a okay position, but you just start to push your heels down a little bit and get more stubborn to the point where you, I think if, if you're all being honest, I think we've all been in this situation where we have a sudden realization, we're like, how, how did I get here? I don't believe, I don't believe any of this. How did I get here? How did I get to this position? This is just silly. Especially if you have siblings, you can relate to that of the, what are we even fighting about? Like, I'm not even upset about this situation. Why are we fighting? It's that kind of situation. If you don't 
check yourself, you will start to dig in your heels. It's manipulative. It's self-manipulating. It'll manipulate others. And then there's those, the people that are being openly dishonest, disingenuous. I see them prey on those people all the time. They metaphorically take their heels, take their feet and start pushing them into the sand. They want those people to become stubborn because they want to be factionalized so that they, that the uh, teaching in question is not actually examined. Again, at a certain point in my life, I thought it was an honest question. Now I think it's mostly a dishonest question and it's a very powerful manipulative tactic to discredit, to deny, deflect, discredit. You really need to use wisdom and go, okay. It, you need to use wisdom enough to go, okay, I disagree with the messenger, but is the information they're giving legitimate? Is there legitimate information here? Now, there are some times when you just need to look at a messenger and you need to look at the message and you need to go, this is a rabbit hole that I cannot dive down. I'm not going to take a side on this. It's one of the problems. People go, oh, well, because I don't have the time, because it looks like it's a rabbit hole, because uh, I can see positive and negative in it, I'm just going to reject it. I'm not, I'm going to take the opposite side. No. Go, okay, I can't look into this. It's a rabbit hole. I'm going to walk away from this one. But I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm going to side with truth. <sighs> it becomes a lot harder to get manipulated when you just slow down a little bit. It, it's also important to look at the, the framing of things. Again, Sam wasn't necessarily saying, did you talk to me first? But despite having... <laughs> despite Sam having Jared blocked, he sort of pulled a, a very similar thing. And I'd encourage you to go read it and kind of see how this, yeah, I'm framing it in one way, that did you talk to them first? But you can see how the principle of that is applied to situations like this. Because Sam is sort of functionally saying, there's an implication of the, in there of, you should have talked to me so that you got the correct representation of my position. Well, yeah, if there was a benefit, you know, if there was a doubt there to give benefit on, would have been great. If there wasn't, um, um, you know, blocking on, on Facebook or on Twitter and things like that, eh, that'd probably make communication easier. Uh, apparently they were both in, they've had email contact before, so there was that, but as Sam admitted in what he said, Jared has talked to him. And Sam didn't want to talk to him, didn't want to talk to Jared. Um, so examine the, the situation. And like I said, I think it's a, a useful one to get the principle here, even if it's not directly, did you talk to them? You can see the manipulation that starts to creep in. You can see the people being manipulated. Siding with Sam just very blindly and casting all sorts of things into what Jared said, and you read what he said, and it's just not there. It's just not there. They're reading all sorts of ill intent. And that's that's the last thing I'll say on this is the disingenuous ones read ill intent 
into what the person is doing rather than actually examining the person for true intent. It's a, it's an ad hominem. It's attacking the, the attack of the man. It's, it's going against the person themselves to discredit them. It's an attempt. It's part of the strategy, deny, deflect, discredit. It's all an avoidance of truth. Do not fall for it. Anyway, that's all we have time for this week. I hope this has been useful. This has been helpful. Remember, you can go to EWTCnews.com. You can read the articles I mentioned. You can um, get more information about what we've got going on. Read the other articles. Uh, I do recommend the article that we mentioned today about uh, Sam and Jared so that you can go look at the information. You can verify what we said. That's why we provide information so you can verify. We'd also like to hear from you. Uh, you can comment on any of the places that you're watching this at, Rumble, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, if there's contact information on some of the other ones, I'm not 100% sure. But you can always email us if you can't find another way. Contact Wikipedia at gmail.com. We might be getting new emails somewhat soon to correspond with the new website, but we will give you plenty of information on that. Also, you can go follow us on things like Facebook and Twitter. Wikipedia and EWTC News. Uh, I think Twitter's only EWTC News. It's a combined one. But until next time, don't go woke. Wait, 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 wait. There is no until next time, don't go woke. Never go woke. Just don't do it. Mm-hmm.